Welcome, everybody, to Web and Beyond Live for July 12th, 2021. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. I'm president of W3 Consulting and managing director of W3C Web Services, which provides affordable web and WordPress hosting, Microsoft 365 licenses, domain name registrations, and all kinds of other web-related services for small business. Web and Beyond Live is a weekly show that I do to talk about topical and timely issues related to small business, digital marketing, and all the various related issues that I want to talk about as well. And so welcome, everybody to either the live show or to the uh, podcast, listening to the podcast after the fact or watching the video after the fact. Uh, welcome. Uh, if you're joining me live, feel free to ask questions while we're having the conversation and, and talking about these issues. And if you're watching the replay, you can always uh, feel free to ask questions in the comments. And of course, you can tweet at me or uh, message me and, and I can hopefully answer you that way. All right, today I want to cover the small business digital marketing news. Uh, we're going to cover lots of, of stories. And then I want to close out with a discussion on an article that I came across on Inc.com, which talked about why content marketing should be the foundation of your marketing strategy. We're going to talk a little bit about that so that we can have an understanding of that. But I want to cover some reports that came out. And we want, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Biden's uh, most recent competition executive order, uh, you know, kind of his his stance against big business here. And so let's get into the various items. So first and foremost, there was a recent report that came out from the Better Business Bureau. And it's all about the current online scams that are happening. And this is part of their Institute for Marketplace Trust. And so the 2020 report came out, it's the Better Business Bureau Scam Tracker, the BBB uh, Scam Tracker Risk Report. And if you scroll down to the table of contents, I'm not going to get into these very, uh, you know, specifically, but you should really, really check this out because this is going to be really important. It's a very short report. It covers the 10 riskiest scams of 2020 and those scam delivery methods and some of those payment methods. And of course, we're going to see cryptocurrency. We're going to see ransomware. We're going to see other kinds of schemes all related in here. Uh, but there are product-based schemes, online purchase schemes, pet-related schemes, and then employment scams that are all a part of this, um, you know, largest uh, set of them. So just keep that in mind, uh, you know, review the document. I think this is really, really important for us all to both help ourselves, keep ourselves safe, but also from a perspective of protecting our employees and our customers, because these scams are coming at them faster than they can keep up with them. And so it's just really important for us to keep hold to that, uh, you know, message of trust and safety as we're trying to sell to our customers. Uh, next up is just a really quick report that came out about small business applications being the second highest ever in May. So in May, we had a, a, a half a million, I think, uh, new business applications filed that has been tracked since 2005 by the U.S. Census. And so this is remarkable. Uh, and so we just have this, you know, large filing. And so we're going to see this is the second largest filing since well, last year when we had uh, more than half a million folks uh, file for new business applications. Now, this always comes into play for me for the reasons of one, you know, when job prospects are not great, people are really forced, you know, it becomes a forcing function, a poor economy, loss of a job, those kinds of things uh, really force people to start small businesses. So they're not small business owners by choice, but by, by, by force. And so that becomes an issue for them because they're not prepared to be business owners. Even if you choose to start a business like, like you have, uh, the 
likelihood is that you don't have all of the skills uh, and skill sets to be a business owner. And so you really need to go out there and find that help. So find a business coach, go reach out to your local small business development center, reach out to to other economic development agencies out there that can help you uh, establish the skills and help you really figure out what you need in order to become the business owner you have to be in order to be, uh, you know, in the, the state of play for success for, uh, you know, in, in this day and age, in the digital age. So just really important to keep that in mind as you move forward. All right, next is uh, this very interesting thing. So the uh, Facebook sponsored a, a study in order to uh, basically put out this claim, which is that uh, the default apps dominate on iOS and Android. And of course, that would make a lot of sense. If iOS were to put out a phone and for it to have uh, no applications on it and only to allow, uh, you know, developers to, to develop for those platforms, very silly things would uh, really occur. So, of course, yes, your iPhone should have a phone app. It should have a messages app. It should have a calendar app and so on and so forth. And so Facebook spent a lot of money to kind of push this notion about both iOS and Android uh, kind of a stance against Apple and Google in a way, but I don't particularly think this is uh, bad for third-party developers in the way in which Facebook has claimed it to be. Uh, there's a lot of playing with statistics here in there in the in the data, but if you do come across this this study and more claims about this, just understand that Facebook's interest is in making sure that they stay dominant as a social network, and this is their this is their uh, kind of ongoing fight to do that. Plus, regulators are looking at uh, at both Apple and Facebook, uh, according to my next story, which was somewhere in here, but Google has been sued uh, by, uh, you know, multiple dozens of states attorneys general. And so I think 36 states attorneys uh, general have filed a lawsuit against Google basically saying that they've used the Google Play Store in an anti-competitive way, overcharging developers and those kinds of things. Uh, just like the other cases against Apple and otherwise, I, I think these uh, these cases are kind of uh, dead on arrival, at least in their first step. That being the case, we will not see any change in the way in which Google or Apple operates for some time to come. So this will be rather interesting, but just be mindful of the fact that we do have regulation coming to big tech on the horizon. It may be in the next three years, maybe in the next five years, but the way in which Google, Apple, Facebook, and uh, Microsoft, and others are going to be uh, scaling out new technologies are going to be very, very light-footed after this big push they did in social audio with bringing out Clubhouse-style competitive tools, as well as competition for TikTok. And so you have Instagram Reels and those kinds of things. After this major push, I see us going into a period where where Facebook and the rest of them are just going to be making uh, incremental uh, changes to their algorithm to uh, to optimize the existing uh, features. They'll be adding new features here and there, but they won't be really putting in new big fundamental pieces. Honestly, I don't even know where they would innovate now that we've gotten social audio in place uh, unless a new uh, format were to be created that would be better than stories or reels in the Instagram sense or, you know, uh, TikTok videos or whatever you want to call them, YouTube shorts, those video styles in the in the short form story format. I don't think they can really innovate in that space uh, very much more. And so the best case scenario is that we'll see optimization, minor features creating those to be better, but not really major new pieces or really major new 
uh, uh, acquisitions to be had for quite some time. Uh, and, and that kind of leads into the Biden story in a little bit. But, uh, you know, uh, the the government's even looking at the Amazon purchase of MGM, and so they're they're you know investigating that. So we're going to see more and more scrutiny of big tech here, which means that there may be a little bit of a slowdown in the the, the release of major features in and on these social networks. Time will, will be the determinant. I'm certainly no uh, you know forecaster of these kinds of things, but it's just it's curious to me that we see these litigations coming about, and and that will probably uh, pull back the reins on some of these larger acquisitions that some of these larger companies would be looking for. Uh, continuing uh, on kind of the Amazon uh, part of this is that Amazon's CEO, Jeff Bezos, has stepped down. He is still the chairman of the board of Amazon. He's not going anywhere. But Andy Jassy, who has been with Amazon as the head, the CEO of Amazon Web Services, has stepped up as the Amazon CEO now. And so after, what, 27 years, I think, of Amazon being headed by Bezos, uh, one of the richest people on the in the planet on the planet, uh, is now being headed by Andy Jassy. So uh, he uh, Jassy has a lot of experience in running a very large scale organization. You know, Amazon Web Services runs, I think, a third of all of the uh, the web services that we see on you know online today. So you know he's he's pretty comfortable leading at this kind of big size of game. Uh, but we will see Amazon changing a bit. You know, this is going to be a time for Jassy to put his imprint on the Amazon brand. He's going to probably bring a little bit of technical acumen to the table, which is going to be really good for Amazon. And maybe we'll see some employment and labor changes uh, because the way in which Amazon has been pictured in the uh, news lately has been as a company that really hasn't valued their employees. And so uh, certainly their, their frontline, you know, manufacturing and delivery and distribution, uh, you know, side. So we'll see what happens. Well, hopefully uh, this will be a positive change for Amazon. That'll hopefully steer it in the right direction in that regard. And I think that what we should all be looking for as small business owners is the ways in which we uh, come into contact with Amazon, both as a business consumer, but also in the ways in which we're using fulfillment and and Amazon as a sales platform where we might be putting our products on, on the platform, making sure that Amazon knows what we want them to be doing to make small business better. These moments of change and transition are really great opportunities for us all to be talking to Amazon and making sure they know, hey, you know what? Your Amazon ads platform is really great for us or Amazon affiliates would be really better if it could help small businesses in these fashions. So make sure that you're communicating these things to Amazon in whatever ways that you like to, whether that be Twitter, commenting on Facebook, you know, sending them messages, or if you're in communication with anyone at Facebook at any time, make sure they know, because this is the time when these kinds of things can make an impact because Jassy is probably listening to people. And certainly his team around him is probably listening to people to figure that stuff out. Uh, I just wanted to make a quick note here about um, Samsung TV Plus, which is uh, remarkable to me because it is a, a a live television platform. And I just loaded it up here so that I could show it to you. But as you can see here, this is a, uh, a, a TV um, embedded program. So Samsung TV Plus was only available on Samsung devices before, and now they've created a web portal. And I'll put a link to this, obviously, in the in the video description and in the, in the show notes. But now you can uh, watch television. I'm not sure why it's having a, a bit of a problem uh, doing this for me here. But 
you can watch all kinds of, of programming here. So like, for example, if I want to watch business news, I can go ahead and click on news and opinion and then scroll down and watch Amazon Finance Live. And the Amazon Finance is now here and I can watch it directly in the browser. This is nothing you couldn't do on YouTube, uh, but just it's another option. So just in case one of those other platforms doesn't work for you, you can just go here and load it up and watch it for, for as best as I can see. It's all free and uh, just a really great source for being able to watch different uh, news sources. I, I like to watch multiple different types of news uh, sources, but this is a, a good option as an additional for you if you were just looking for one. All right, next up is uh, the SBA, the Small Business Administration, is hosting a Facebook Live about hurricane preparedness. And so this is happening on Wednesday. That'll be July 14th, July 14th at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Time. And so just uh, if you have any questions about hurricane preparedness, we are clearly, uh, you know, in hurricane season. And so any of those folks who are on the coast, uh, certainly the eastern coastline, are going to start seeing impacts from hurricane season. So if you have questions, feel free to go out there and uh, ask your questions and uh, hopefully they can answer them for you during the hurricane preparedness Facebook live. Okay. Um, next up is, uh, I, I thought this was really interesting. So uh, there, there's a new tool called search Atlas and it displays uh, different ways in which Google uh, results kind of change based on your geographic location. And so you get to see really how this all works, but you can go to search Atlas by going to searchatlas.org and you can do various searches so that you can see for yourself really um, how geopolitical borders uh, changes the way in which searches are done. And uh, it's just a, a fascinating kind of dive into all of these things. But certainly for those of you who might uh, be catering to a global audience or to an audience in multiple countries. Say you're dealing with folks who are in, uh, you know, uh, East Asia versus those folks who are in Europe and so on and so forth. Just very, very fascinating to kind of see how this all operates and works and, uh, and some of those pieces there. I don't want to get too far into the weeds here with Search Atlas, but just know that it's available and that if you are multi jurisdictional in terms of countries, you might want to check this out just to see how your search engine optimization might change based on those things. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, is I thought this was really fascinating. So uh, all different retailers are jumping on the TikTok bandwagon. And so they are utilizing TikTok for looking for viral moments. Basically, uh, they are uh, looking for hashtags and also influencers for these purposes. So if you are in the health and beauty, fashion and apparel, and any of those kind of lifestyle and wellness businesses, just know that TikTok is looking for folks like you, um, not TikTok specifically, but large retailers are looking for folks like you where these things might be paired up or be useful to them in other ways for their own marketing purposes. So just keep an, keep an eye out for these opportunities for collabs, as they call them, collaborations, uh, collabs with larger brands because they can actually elevate your view and voice if you can get these kinds of opportunities to get in front of your, you know, not just your audience, but audiences of those larger brands like Airy, which is, I think, owned by uh, Aeropostel or or American Eagle or one of them, and uh, as well as, um, you know, Zara and you know, all kinds of other uh, fashion brands. So just 
very interesting. You can check out the article if you're really um, on that TikTok space or Instagram reels, if you're on the Instagram platform, really thinking through what are the opportunities here where you can potentially partner with those folks and uh, make those kinds of, um, you know, large scale uh, a larger footprint in terms of view be found. Uh, I don't like the terminology viral here, so so I'm, I'm I'm avoiding it. But I think that we can really have greater view of particular brands, especially if some of these larger brands understand you have dominance in a particular market. So say you you are really uh, got a got a really strong hold in say the Cincinnati market, uh, you can potentially get them and eyeballs on you by virtue of doing really well in that space. So don't discount local hashtags as well as the other hashtags that surround your particular space, whether that be fashion, apparel, you know, other kinds of clothing design uh, based hashtags. Okay, next up is uh, just a quick note here about uh, ByteDance, which is the company that owns TikTok, uh, continuing on that TikTok line. Uh, th there was an article in the Wall Street Journal and actually several other reporting outlets talked about this, which is that ByteDance didn't go IPO. And recently Didi, the Chinese-based ride-hailing app, uh, just like Uber here in the states, uh, they did go IPO recently, and you know they started at fifteen dollars uh, IPO when they launched, I think, uh, and now they're trading around eleven or twelve. Again, I don't think that's much of a big deal in the long term, but in the short term, you know, China is coming down. Uh, President Xi Jinping, uh, you know, he's somewhat autocratic, and so he is out there really uh, putting uh, the damp the damper on uh, IT companies, uh, that is um, big technology companies that are going out there and trying to raise funds outside of China's borders. And so it's just something to keep in mind that where a company is producing their app actually has a huge impact on your business potentially if you need them in order to make that business happen. So while I'm, I'm less caring about uh, TikTok, to be quite honest, or with Didi, I do care about the fact that many times we don't really think about where our applications are headquartered, where where are we using these things, especially for infrastructure-based applications. So for example, I use Canva. Canva is an amazing application, and I recommend it to all of my clients, right? And so I'm actually probably going to be putting together a course soon on Canva, teaching Canva to Canva Pro specifically to my, my clients. And so uh, Canva is great. It's also produced in Australia. It's an Australian-based company. And so I'm not particularly concerned about that. But if Canva was based in uh, in China, <laughs> I should be concerned about that uh, because there's intellectual property issues. There are all kinds of other issues that you know the Chinese government is very different about treating things uh, in that sense. So we want to be mindful of how we actually get our applications as much as we are mindful about the applications that we're using to get things done. So it's not just a productivity issue, but it also ends up being an infrastructure issue because, you know, say if China decided to shut down uh, DD here, they're just fining them and they're causing all kinds of kind of uh, hiccups here. Mind you, it's not just DD, it's many other tech, large tech companies in China that, that, uh, that uh, Xi Jinping is, is going after. And uh, Xi is just on the rampage to to rein in those big tech giants that are inside of his country's walls. Uh, but the the goal here is is really to think through 
you know, how you are getting your software, whether or not is it, it is in a place where you can con- uh, not just control it, but where you can make sure that you have uh, certainty that it will be stable for you. You don't want to be using technology and then all of a sudden you lose access or those kinds of things because of uh, geopolitical uh, nonsense, right? You want to be able to run your business and not be concerned. So just be, be careful, be understanding of that. And just know where your software is coming from. Uh, this leads me to uh, my second to last thought before we get to, or my last thought before I, we get to our uh, discussion on content marketing. But Biden, uh, President Biden signed an order today uh, that was really, uh, you know, a shot across the bow to big business. None of this is really direct uh, changes to the way in which businesses will operate. Uh, but, you know, things like uh, and a uh, 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 a, a policy change in terms of non-compete agreements. You know, a lot of employees are out there who don't even realize it, but are actually, uh, who have actually signed a non-compete agreement. Uh, and those uh, non-compete agreements are uh, in effect being challenged here by the Biden administration. And uh, so you're going to see more and more companies, uh, certainly because the FTC is now charged with with kind of going after those companies that are forcing companies like hotel workers and otherwise to sign non-competes, which seems kind of ridiculous. It, it makes some sense maybe on the higher end uh, where employees are um, and have a deep knowledge of the inner workings of a company. But if you're a front, you know, a, a line cook uh, in a restaurant, uh, moving to another restaurant should not be a barrier if you lose your job in one restaurant to go work in another. So that's the thing that Biden is really attacking here is, is, is big business really taking advantage of employees in this way. Uh, there are like 70 something odd orders that were bundled into this one specific order that he signed. And so we'll see what happens over time. Uh, there's a lot of railing on the conservative side about how this is going to stifle innovation. There's lots of, uh, celebration on the, uh, democratic or progressive side about these policies being positive to be pro-consumer and protecting, uh, you know, uh, uh, workers in in the world uh, in the small business space. I would say be mindful that a lot of these policies are going to be localized, and it's important for us all to pay attention to how these regulations affect our businesses. And ultimately, it's about the long game, right? It may be a little bit more difficult in the short term, but it's actually really important in the long term that we make sure that we are taking care of the people in our community. So. I think this is probably going to be good on the whole, but there's a lot of problems that can happen in between uh, this this signing of an executive order, Congress's uh, actions, and of course, states' responses to those, whether state legislatures and otherwise are going to, you know, absorb some of these things. So we'll see what happens, but it's a step in a direction. I would rather movement than the kind of um, you know, stalled uh, government that we've been seeing. So that's my own opinion. I'd, I'd rather see positive or negative happen because then we can see it and we can make changes. But I really um, am, am uh, glad to see us have movement towards something changing uh, so that small businesses have greater competition here. You know, my, my point is pro small business. And so I see this as an opportunity to step into place where big business is potentially taking advantage of uh, and, you know, to, to kind of absorb some of Biden's words. And you know, he talks about it as exploitation. I think that a lot of big businesses are exploiting their employees and workers and, and in so doing are hurting small business. So I'm pro this because it helps small businesses in this in this particular case. So we'll see what happens. 
And uh, last but not least, there was this article from Inc. And it brings up the idea of, and the author here is making the point that they support the notion of content marketing being the foundation of your marketing strategy. And the subtitle here, producing quality industry content will help you across the board. It uses some major components here. Search engine optimization, social media, public relations is not the same as content marketing and user acquisition uh, being less frictionful and being more frictionless by virtue of content marketing. And I wanted to kind of explain through some of these pieces so that we're all on the same page, because I, I think that the article is good, but it misses some part of the boat here. So first and foremost, content marketing uh, is certainly a, a part of the foundation that should be your marketing strategy. But remember that when we talk about marketing strategy, marketing strategy is a fourfold piece. Marketing includes your uh, product itself. Uh, Product development is a part of marketing. Uh, Pricing is a part of marketing. Uh, Your placement, whether that be physical offline placement where, where products go on shelves, but also where you are going to be branding and placing your products online in terms of e-commerce shelves, uh, you know, where you're putting your, your product online to sell is also a part of marketing. And then last but not least, that fourth component is, of course, your promotion. Your promotional strategy is also a part of marketing. So when we think about marketing strategy and and, and content marketing being kind of the foundation of it, uh, I, I, I tend to shy away from that component because it's probably a foundation of your promotional strategy within marketing marketing strategy, but not foundational across your entire marketing of your of your business. Your marketing encompasses those four components of product, pricing, promotion, and placement. So we have to really keep that in mind that when I talk to you about marketing, when I sit down with clients, I really am diving first into those first few pieces, right? What What is your product? Is your product set for the market? Is it right for the market? Is it going in the right places? Is it priced effectively? And then we talk about promoting it based on that target market analysis and looking at your buyer personas, your customer journeys, and your effective funnels at the present moment. So we're really looking at this from a much more holistic perspective when we talk about marketing. And so many people try to narrow it down to just the promotional part, and that really misses the boat. So then if we narrow it down into just your promotional strategy within your marketing strategy, then I think that this author has uh, a lot right. Uh, So points or the arguments made here, which is that really from a search engine optimization perspective, uh, what I would consider a search engine marketing perspective, because that's using both both organic and paid to be able to bring more uh, traffic to your website. Yes, content marketing is going to be really, really useful. Uh, the second point that they make here is that social media is uh, important because it gets people to know, like, and trust you in the sales process, in the pursuit of, of building out sales. Makes sense to me. And then, of course, they talk about public relations and earned media. So social media, earned media, paid media. Uh, these are, are, are different types of media that we talk about in marketing. And so social media, of course, is the content created by you or about you on social networks and similar social technologies. Earned media or public relations is the type of media that you earn from media and journalists, people who are who are writing about topics and you happen to be and become a part of the news cycle. And that can be very positive for your business as well. 
can also be negative, but most of the time it's positive. Uh, the P.T. Barnum concept of it being all news is good news, right? And then uh, finally, we have paid media, which is advertising. So we have lots of different or advertorials. There are all kinds of ways in which you can do paid media. But the point is, is that uh, you have three different kind of umbrellas of media here and social media specifically uh, is one type of syndication of your content marketing to those social networks and other social technologies to get visibility. But again, the point is, is that whether it's UGC, user generated content or your own organic created content, uh, you know, uh, first party uh uh, content, you are creating that content for purposes of being able to get people to understand you as either, uh, you know, just awareness, right? Getting them to know that you exist or entertaining, persuading, educating, or otherwise, so that people get to know, like, and trust the business. So when they are ready to buy, they think of you first and they trust you in order to make that purchase. And then, of course, there's content to be able to get them over the finish line, which is to say, okay, I want to be able to purchase from you, but I have some objections or there's competition who I might go with otherwise. And your content is what helps me understand that you're the best choice for that to be the case. For example, you might create a piece of content that talks about service after the sale. And so therefore, you know, even if you buy, buy from my competitor, you're not going to get all of these other things after you purchase from them, whereas you would be purchasing those, you would be getting those kinds of things if you purchased from us. So some, some value at bottom of the funnel types of content. And then uh, they go, of course, um, to the customer acquisition and uh, business development pieces. And I've talked about those those all together. So from my perspective, yes, content marketing must be a part of your marketing strategy, certainly uh, part of your promotional strategy. And, and, and in the promotional strategy, it does actually un- ultimately become, a, a, you know, call it foundational, you know, it becomes a critical and essential element of your marketing strategy. But don't forget that all of the other pieces of your promotional strategy need to be in play. You need to have a website that is actually functional. Uh, you need to have a website that is working for you. Um, you know, I, I always use the standard, like the epitome of standard for a website today is that it's a website that you want to go to and use every day. If you don't want to go to and use your website every day, why the heck do I as your consumer? So your website needs to have a high standard. Now you may not reach that standard and that's not to say that you must force yourself to go to your own website every day, but you know, you could dog food it in a, in a way, right? Eat your own dog food, right? Like if you go to your website every day, what would you want it to do as a consumer, right? Look from the cons- perspective of your consumer, what would you want it to do every day? Uh, would you really want it to be uh, just a static brochure that just has static text and is not personalized and otherwise, right? If we start to think through these pieces, our marketing strategy becomes really useful in our promotional strategy when we start to think about our content as not just being something where we're posting it to our website, but it actually becomes interactive. It becomes useful and practical to an individual that they want to come to it on an ongoing basis. So these are the things I'm thinking about when I'm working through marketing strategy with clients. And so, yes, content marketing is important, but that content marketing fits inside of all of these other pieces that we think about the website strategy, the mobile strategy, the email strategy, the, the, um, you know, not just mobile, but mobile application strategy. If you're building out a mobile application, which you should do, it's super easy, much easier than you think it's going to be. Um, as you're building out your community approach, right? How you're thinking about social media fitting into community how that content and cash flow fit together, right? Uh, and so all of these pieces come together in in that sense. And so when when I see these articles that just say, okay, you have to be doing content marketing, uh, it really loses the point when we don't think about it from, okay, we want 
to exact sales. We want to be able to get sales in our business. And so we need to take a step back and think, okay, what are those things in furtherance of sales and build out those foundational pieces, right? Which are going to be uh, an effective website that has a sales strategy in place. Because if people are, if you're generating content that's uh, leading people to your website, but you don't sell them anything, uh, you know, every one out of every thousand people are purchasing from your website. That's an, uh, effectively a waste of resources for the business. And as a small business, we really need to have effective use of our resources. So I, I really push people to think these things through more thoughtfully than just saying, okay, well, if I write a bunch of blog posts and they're really high quality, then I'm doing what I need to do in order to be able to be successful. That's not actually true. It's going to get you traffic. It's going to be able to be good. It's also a long game approach, but it's actually not going to bring new business to the business. And that is going to obviously hurt you over the long term. So I want people to think these through just a little bit more than uh, we sometimes do. So good article. I think it's really important for us to be thinking about content marketing, but do not think about it in uh, in isolation from all of the other important components of your uh, overall digital presence. Where are you being seen online? Again, website. Is it practical and usable on a regular basis? Is your email effective? Going to be really important. SMS right there in line with it. Mobile, mobile app. And, uh, and then of course your social presence and making sure that you're doing those pieces. Are you creating effective lead magnets? Are you being able to bring people from top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel? Those are important foundations. And then content marketing sits and is a part of many of those pieces, right? They end up becoming part of the sales funnel. They become a part of your website. They become a part of your email, but to think about about it as its own separate element without it being a part of these pieces, I think sometimes uh, it leads people astray. So I hope that was a in, like a good way for you to think about it. Let me know if you have questions. Let me know if you have uh, feedback or thoughts. I'm really always happy to discuss those and, um, and help people understand them a little bit better. And that brings us, of course, to the end of our time together. Uh, we have upcoming uh, webinars. We have a webinar this week. We put on a webinar every two weeks on different topics relating to digital marketing and productivity technologies. So feel free to join us at any time. You can learn more about them by joining our community by going to www.webandbeyond.community. So you can see all the events and register for them there. If you don't want to join the community for some reason, uh, you can, of course, find our events by going to our website, W3, the number three, W3C, INC c.com forward slash events. You'll see the events there and you can register uh, outside the community from there. Uh, same thing, same events, just uh, we put them inside the community, makes it easier for you to see all the events and register there. But you can also register on the outside by going to w3cinc.com forward slash events. And so with that, we are uh, coming up on the end of our time together. If you've enjoyed this live stream, feel free to click the thumbs up icon. That really does help us make new small business friends. And so thank you for doing that. Uh, you can rate or review us in the podcast app of your choice. That also helps us to uh, grow our personal productive, um, our small business uh, community as well. If you have a question, leave a comment, or you can tweet or message me at W3Consulting at W, the number three consulting on Twitter. And you can, of course, join me here uh, most Wednesdays, typically at 11 a.m. Eastern. And if you follow uh, our channel, subscribe on YouTube or otherwise, you will get notifications when we do go live here at uh, W3 Consulting at Web and Beyond Live. Thanks so much for spending this Web and Beyond Live with me. I'm Ray Sidney Smith on behalf of W3 Consulting and W3C Web Services. Have a great week ahead marketing your small business on the Web and Beyond.